at SAFM. It's coming up to five minutes past nine on South Africa's news and information leader SFM. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to Media at SFM. My name is Mandla Shong. We're standing in for Ashraf. It's wet and a little cold up here in Gauteng, but it's lovely though because some of us can really uh, commit to sitting at home because uh, when the sun shines, we just want to go out there. But for today, we'll sit at home, get work done, go home and just sit. And... Uh, uh, coming up on the program today, we talk about uh, the usage of babies in adverts, something that uh, many of us have seen lately, and we've got uh, different reactions to it. We'll also take a look at uh, Chinese brands in South Africa. We have our ad of the week, and we'll profile a company called Red Flag, and we'll also look at uh, research, which shows insights into the South African consumer brands, uh, in as far as taxis are concerned, and of course, the usual. We'll have... Uh, um, a clip of the week, we'll look at uh, the extension of the Bookmarks uh, Awards entry deadline, uh, media monitoring top stories, as well as uh, some of the rulings from uh, the Advertising Standards Authority of South Africa. But for now, pleasure to welcome Advertising Guru, Chairman of Yellowwood Future Architects. And of course, on the line, we'll be joined by Dr. Sarah Britton, Strategic Director at uh, South Africa and Africa Labs. So, pleasure to welcome you, Mr. Rice. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Thank you very much. Of late, we've seen babies on television. Mm, they're popping up everywhere, aren't they? Everywhere. Yeah. Is this the first thing? Has it been done before? Oh, yeah. It's, it's been done many times before. I think that uh, there's an old um, theatrical... Uh, a warning that says never share the stage with with uh, animals or babies because they will steal your thunder if you're an actor or an actress so um i think the same applies here probably what, what that what that suggests is that uh is that babies and toddlers and infants have a an innate appeal which is always going to kind of trump anything else that's going on in the in the script or in the context so you can go right back to um, some of the early television commercials in South Africa, I think it was San Lam who had a series of, of advertisements um, probably back in the 80s featuring uh, young babies t- uh, engaged in adult conversations. And it's yes. that incongruity which provides the memorability that you, you see the babies doing things that obviously rationally they cannot do, but it's, it's appealing, it's, it's intriguing, and that is going to be an, in- an ever-present creative device that will be used for decades to come, I'm sure. Well, one gets curious as to, you know, from a creative point of view, to say here are probably high-end products which probably will be difficult to sell given the economic climate but with babies we can hit some home runs yeah i think so i mean the the, the ones that probably most people are familiar with in in recent times would be vodacom have used babies quite effectively yes there's the well-known one about the baby that, that bursts into tears whenever the download uh, is interrupted and more recently in much the same category telcom have been using uh, babies as well um, I think what it does is it gives them an opportunity to add some humanity to what is quite a, a functional category. Mm. Um, I think particularly in the case of Telcom, they had some personality uh, ground to make up. I think uh, they didn't have that warmth that they hope this campaign will, will bring. Um, so, and I think it's aided and abetted by the fact that technology, um, video technology, graphic technology, yes. has improved to such an extent that it, it almost looks realistic. You almost suspend disbelief for a while because 
Um, the lip syncing is better. It's got a long way to go. It's not perfect. Yes. Um, but I mean, we saw it uh, perhaps deliberately um, in in the case of um, Buddy the Boxer for Toyota. You'll recall yes. that yes. The, the, the dog was was commenting on life around him, uh, <laughs> and it was a rather artificial-looking human mouth grafted onto this 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 cute dog. Um, but technology can do better than that now, and it, and it can get to the point where you, you only have to look at full-length feature animated movies to realize, you know, what can be done. So I think that, that again, technology is on the side of taking this creative device further. Dr. Brittman, your take on this? Oh, I, I, I agree with Andy. I was thinking about the telecom ad and, and why would they put babies in that? And, and telecom is generally not a very well-liked brand. So it's an easy way firstly to get memorability but also to get likability and when I, I was prepping for this interview I did some research to see whether anyone has had a look at why babies and ads work and apparently we have something called an orbitofrontal cortex yes. in our brains and that lights up when we see babies and people have actually tested the effectiveness of babies and ads and found that, yes, babies and ads do work. We do pay more attention because we're hardwired to do that. Uh, so much so that um, adult men prefer women who have uh, slightly uh, babyish features. It, it, it's, a, it, it, it's hardwired into the human condition. So it's no surprise that advertisers would use that to their advantage. But, but does that then translate to, you know, the brand staying in my mind long enough for me to take the next step? I, I, it would be interesting to see what telecom sales results are doing as, as a result of this ad. But, but because the first job of an ad is to get noticed, I think um, that's why babies do get put in ads. Because if you're paging through a newspaper, at least that's what we used to do before the Internet came along. Um, and it's even more uh, pronounced now when there is so much content out there. And, and I don't think there's any accident that lolcats rule the Internet. I, I think we cute things that we want to look at um, are always going to have more appeal and get more attention. And then the challenge of advertisers is to link that in a relevant way to the product they're selling and make sure that they, they, they complete the path to purchase. So you can't just show a nice cute ad and expect people to act on it. You've got to close the loop for them. But the first challenge for any brand is to get your attention. And I think that's why babies were used back for Sunlam in the 80s, why, why they're being used um, for telecom now, and also in um, a similar technique in the pick-and-pay brand match ad where there's a little kid being pushed along in a trolley. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it, you can imagine that that makes a lot of sense for the target audience, um, women, you know, who the household shoppers responding to kids and re remembering that and liking it and liking the brand as a result. Sarah, um, taking your point about um, linking uh, back to the brand and not just using uh, inference gratuitously, I, I think that perhaps a really good case study would be that of Evian um, uh, bottled water because they have had two of the most shared and downloaded uh, video clips um, online ever. I think you know, you'll know this better than me, the numbers and things. But um, they, they've had two enormously successful uh, pieces of, of film entirely featuring babies. Mm. Uh, but of course, their um, their proposition is live young um, and stay youthful. So there is a there's both a, a device relevance and a strategic relevance in the way that Evian 
have used babies so successfully in their communication. Yeah, that, that's very true. It's, you know, it's all very well to use a baby or, or dangle uh, clickbait, um, which, is, which is what a lot of um, creative devices effectively are now. But if it's not logically linked to, to the brand and the proposition and the benefit, then you're going to lose that message and people are going to forget and move on to the next one. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of modern-day equivalent of those gratuitous use of, of females in uh, automotive workshop calendars, you know, draped seductively across <laughs> yes. the bonnet. You see them, but you can't see the relevance. Yes. And Sarah, I'm enormously disappointed that you prepped for this interview. I mean, <laughs> I mean, talk well, about I, teacher's I, pet. I, I, oh, I... <laughs> I always do, um, and, and in fact, there's a, there's a blog out there, the Neuromarketing blog, that has some really interesting uh, points about using cute babies and animals and, and why these things work. And what's interesting to me is that I, I uh, you know, have, working in an agency as I do, I don't think we necessarily realize that these are, this is the you're an animal. We, we use it because, you know, the creative team likes it and thinks it has appeal. But if you actually go into the science behind it, there, mm. there is some, there's some really good science to suggest, uh, you know, if you do things like eye tracking and, and brain scanning, that certain devices used in ads uh, probably accidentally actually work incredibly well, and that's why they are memorable. And it's really interesting to understand why these things are memorable and why um, they seem to work. I, I, I and like, this raises a whole neuromarketing debate, of course, which is a whole other kettle of fish. I would, I would likely to see more products going the same way, and if so, which ones can, which are top of mind at the moment? I, I think you're always going to get babies and ads. If you think of the, the Sassel Glug Glug ad, which I think is still the most popular ad ever shown in South Africa, according to Millwood Brown's um, tracking, and you know, they're always going to be um, ads where, where that appears. But I think the, the actual process of coming up with the concept of having it approved, of having the client sign it off, I, I don't think you're necessarily going to see a massive wave of this kind of advertising because the more of it that gets produced, the less noticeable it is. And, and so things become a victim of their own success. So each, each advertiser is going to have to find their own path to memorability. So, Sarah, if you were in a, a creative review session at your agency and in walked a creative team with a, uh, a solution which was entirely revolving around the use of, of infants and babies, would you, would you reject it or would you be tempted to reject it on the basis of overuse or would you uh, interrogate I, it further I, to check its relevance? I would look at the relevance first and I would try to understand why this technique was being used, but... I, I think the fact that it has been used by other brands um, would, would be a red flag for me because I'd worry about confusion. If you, if, if telecom has become so associated with talking babies and they're, they're using it to sell data bundles, then if you use talking babies, is there a risk that people are going to confuse um, your brand with theirs? And they probably have a lot more money to spend than you do. So one of the reasons you don't want to uh, necessarily copy a winning formula in that way is that people will literally not remember who your ad was for and they'll probably attribute it, misattribute it to your, your bigger rival. And that's a very important consideration and it's why originality is incredibly important in advertising. And, and let's face it, we've wasted something like 30 years to see Talking Babies uh, again after the Sun of Mads, which I still remember. 
So, yeah, I think these things go in cycles, and I'd be very surprised if we see a huge wave of this. We've got Brendan Best, uh, co-founder of uh, Neural Science. Uh, Brendan, um, your perspective, perspective on this? Hi, uh, hi, Mandela. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Andy. Um, so, Sarah, don't worry, I also did a bit of um, prep for this for this interview. Don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, also, just going back, um, Sarah hit the nail on the head with the grabbing the attention, first of all, um, the NEG ad showing that, you know, the orbital frontal starts up when we see faces and baby faces in particular. Um, but another thing that's quite important with and relevant with seeing babies is um, the release of oxytocin, which is basically the, the bonding chemical in the brain. Um, so what that does, and it's already been mentioned that it needs to be in the context of the ad and needs to be relevant to the brand, but it can help build trust towards the, the brand. Hmm. And so if if we took a category that where you would entirely expect babies to be used say infant nutrition or nappies or something like that um would it would it be unwise um for the advertiser deliberately to avoid using babies simply because that is the the genre that's expected that is the solution that's expected could they get their own form of uh, unexpected relevance and, re and memorability by um, uh, not going down the predicted path? Well, there's always the element of surprise in, in getting, um, grabbing attention. Um, and surprise is all about something that's unexpected. Um, but from a, a subconscious level, we, all, we have this innate um, approach towards baby faces. So it, it would still be, in my opinion, it would still be effective in terms of building that positive association with the brand. Um, but maybe, like you said, something else could be used in terms of grabbing attention and, you know, creating an element of surprise, like, hey, I'm not expecting this with a, an ad for, for baby nutrition. The issue of using computer-generated computer babies, how does it compare with, you know, real babies as it, as it were? It, it's something that we haven't tested or that I've seen has been tested, but, um, you know, with the, the quality of CGI graphics today, um, they have similar the, the graphics are to real life um, representations of people. I would say they would be quite effective. Um, if you read Martin Lindstrom's book, Biology, uh, he refers to one of the studies where they were actually trying to find out why people like the new Mini so much. And what they found is that when they showed people images of the Mini in an fMRI scanner, it actually lit up regions in the brain responsible for recognizing faces. Um, so they therefore deduced that the reason why people like the mini so much is because it looked kind of like a caligal, um baby or bear or something. Um, so if you can draw a parallel back to using CGI babies, you know, our brains are programmed for recognizing patterns, rewards and images, and CGI babies are just one of those kind of representations of the real world thing. Mm. Uh, Sarah, earlier you were talking about uh, the risk, um, particularly when you look at what telecom has done, and the risk of using babies. Um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering, in, in, in terms of continuing the message, um, is there enough room for creatives to take it a step further and, and hit the, the, you know, the right marks? There's always room for creatives to take it a step further, and, and that's the great thing about working in such a creative industry. Somebody will find an interesting spin on this, take it further, and maybe maybe those babies in the current telecom ad will appear in a whole series, just just as the Sunlum babies did. 
And, and and I think one of the reasons we remember the Sunlum babies is not that they were used in a once-off ad, but they were used in an entire series. And we still have associations with that brand 30 years after the fact. And that's the power of really good and memorable advertising. So I, 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 I would be very surprised if people don't come up with, with an interesting spin on this. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the agencies come up with. I can't wait. Uh, I mean, looking at the uh, Vodacom ad, the, the baby has grown a bit and uh, is into music now, which is a kind of interesting because it it shows that he has, uh, the memory grows. He remembers how things were and how things are now, and the gadgets have changed as well. So presumably... Yeah, and, and it's a story. It's continuing the story, which makes a lot of sense. So one could take the uh, the idea right through to adolescence, I suppose, eventually, and follow the follow the hero from from infancy right through to uh, teenage years. It's a 21, 21 minutes past nine on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, SFM, talking about uh, using babies in adverts. Andy Rice uh, is with us in the studio, chairman of Yellowwood Future Architects, uh, Dr. Sarah Britton, strategic director, South African, South Africa and South and Africa. Lepshore, as well as uh, uh, Brendan joining us uh, on the line as well. And uh, your thoughts, 891 Your SMS is at 34701 at a cost of two rand. Your emails, media at sfm.co.za. From a product point of view, and can you think of any other adverts which can uh, fit babies in very well? Because we've seen with telecom phones are easy to handle. Laptops are easy to handle. The whole thing about communications is, is done very well. I'm just trying to think uh, maybe a car, maybe, or something else. Well, I think there are cases where certainly children, if not babies, have been used in car advertising, mm. um, often interacting with their parents, the parents driving, obviously, and the, and the child in the back and a, and, a, and a witty and relevant conversation going on. So I think that device has been used. Um, I'm I'm intrigued in your um, by your observation about the, the the CGI generated baby being the future because I suspect there have been a lot of creative ideas that have been shelved because of the difficulty of shooting babies and getting the results. It's one thing to present your client with a storyboard that says the baby does this and then the baby does that but then the director and, and the credit team have got to actually make sure that the baby does do that in yes. the shoot. And so there must be an enormous amount of sort of extemporizing and, and, and just saying, well, we've got the footage, what can we make with it, rather than trying to get particular shots up front. But obviously, if you've got total control over the behavior of the child because of CGI technology, then that might tempt an awful lot more people to come into a category which, as we've, as we've heard, um, uh, lights up all the right things in the brain. So if there is an intrinsic strength in using babies, but mm. the deterrent has been the difficulty of making them do what you want them to do, then perhaps the so-called virtual baby would be the, the way to go. And we may see a proliferation of infants in, in advertising. And, and, and I wonder, because uh, with, with the current form of real babies, um, the, the, the nuances and expectations are so real, I suppose that's why they tuck at the heartstrings. With the GCI babies, that could be a different case altogether. Yeah, and I think you can you can stretch the limits of of, uh, of conventional behaviour as well. Um, obviously, the example of Buddy the boxer in the Toyota ad is taking that to a ludicrous extreme. But if you do have some measure of control over what the child does, then clearly you can you can go to the outer limits of of creativity rather than staying in the mainstream. You would agree with that, Brendan? Um, yes. The, the only thing I would add is. Um 
we probably need to be careful of uh, hedonic adaptation. So if we start getting too many ads that are, are using babies, then it might become too much of the, the same old, same old for consumers. Um, so that would be one comment that I would, uh, that I would add to that in my opinion. Mm. Sarah? So, yeah, I was just thinking about um, how you can extend the notion of babies in, into animals because the, and, and I was thinking of a particular ad that I've watched all the way through and it's a YouTube pre-roll ad, which means that I am very strongly incentivized to click out of it and that's the Yuppie Chef ad with, with Bella the Puppy Chef. And I think that's a very good example of using the same principle which applies to babies, which is, it's called neoteny, which is, is the, the retention of baby-like characteristics into adulthood. And it's one of the reasons that, um, lol cats rule the internet and why we love pugs and cute, cute dogs. And that's a very good example of an ad, um, that's targeting predominantly women because they're selling kitchen products and they're using this very cute dog wearing a set of rain, uh, reindeer horns to sell Christmas products. And the fact that I watched this ad all the way through instead of clicking through to the YouTube video I actually wanted to watch is a reminder of the incredible power of cuteness. And, and I think, you know, babies, it, it's part of a, a broader, um, cuteness strategy because Cuteness sells, and Hello Kitty, for example, the you know Japanese cartoons. Um, that is all based on the principle of cuteness, and it's why even CGI-generated um, um, babies could work. Because if we respond in a positive way to cute cartoon characters and and toys, and and, and it's a massive, massive industry, um, which suggests that we do respond to it. Um, it's, it's actually much wider than just u- using babies in ads. It's plugging into that basic human drive, which is to respond to infant features and turning that into money. It's actually incredibly powerful. It's quite interesting you mentioned cartoons because I saw somewhere some people had an issue with the computer-generated babies. But then when you think at, uh, when you look at how we react to cartoons, then it makes sense. Yes, I think you yeah, have to... We, sorry, Sarah, you go on. No, no, you go <laughs> No, I just think it's, it's a matter of whether you want people to suspend disbelief or, or uh, entrench credibility, so you can go either way if you have that flexibility. But uh, what I took out of, of what you were saying about the, the pre-roll um, ad example, Sarah, was the, that it's a real lesson to all creatives, not just creatives using uh, puppies and babies, but just to remind us that... Uh, it's, it's a good discipline to make sure that you hook your audience with something in there, dogs, children, whatever, in the first few seconds of the ad because that's your only shot. Yeah, very much so. And I, I, I watch enough YouTube to know the, the truth of that. And um, the feature of babies in, in advertising, is, is it going, are we going to see a situation where there's a bit of a lull and something has come up, uh, comes up in a few years? Or we will see a continu- continuation with different babies as opposed to telling a, a series of stories using the same babies? I, I would think that um, based on, on Brendan and Sarah's observations about the proven neurological um, effects mm. of babies and, and, and other cute things, that we should see more of it, particularly if we have that opportunity to control the shoot in a more uh, manageable way. Sarah? I, I do think we will see, um, it, it's one of the basic ingredients of advertising uh, animals and children. But there will probably be always a measure of pushback from creative teams who, and, and originality is, is something that 
any creative team is very invested in. So there, there is a reluctance to copy. Um, so we're always going to be looking for new ways to do this rather than um, finding existing ways. But it, it should be really interesting because, as Andy points out, the technology makes it so much easier to use children and animals in ways that were never possible before. So I, I think it's just one of those staples of advertising, and we're going to see it regularly without it necessarily being a massive trend. Because if it's not going to be original, it's not going to win awards. So people, so creative directors are not going to be motivated to push for this kind of work. Mm-hmm. The current ads, have they really gotten the message across? I, well, I, I, I remember this a lot more and, and I actually enjoyed it. I asked a lot of people about that telecom ad and a lot of them hated that. Uh, it, it, it certainly, uh, changed my, it, uh, not radically, but it's, I had a warmer feeling towards telecom, which, which is generally not a brand that it's very easy to feel any feelings of warmth, um, about, uh, you know, particularly when there's load shedding and, and Eskom isn't working. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it has worked from that point of view. Brandon, for you? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Andy. Um, and also, just to add on to what Sarah's saying, in terms of, um, you know, getting that warm feeling with the brand, I think it's very important to, to link it with the brand, as I said earlier. So there have been studies that have shown that if you can link a positive emotional response to the, the point in the ad where your ad or brand is presented, it can have um, a knock-on effect with sales, and that's obviously provided that you have everything around that brand, like the brand experience and um, the rest of the other attributes of the brand, it can lead to doing for yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I think that whether it's babies or something cute, we, we should be used more in advertising, um, provided there's still that element of surprise to grab attention. Mm, mm. I think the element of surprise is, is the biggest driver. And in your case, has, has it uh, driven the message home? Um, in the case of telecom, I think there's probably quite an interesting comparison with a, a, a much-loved telecom campaign of what, I don't know, six or seven years ago. Sarah, help me out here. The one with the with the uh, old man in the rolling hills. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably did more for people's liking of telecom as a brand than anything that had preceded and this is probably the first time since then that telecom have taken a deliberate strategy of saying like me as opposed to just buy me because I can deliver something functional well ladies lady and gentlemen thank you ever so much Andy Rice chairman of Yellowwood Fisher Architects uh, Brandon as well as Harold Britman thank you very much for your thanks, insights man. much appreciated yeah, thanks,